This episode is sponsored by Janae Ledger Life Coach. I am a certified relationship and life coach. And if you're seeking to feel more clarity in your decision making, feel happier in life, feeling more motivated, and really feel good about how you show up because you're doing things that matter, definitely send me a DM. I would love to do a value sort with you. And what you will get out of a value sort is gaining that clarity, feeling confident how you make your decisions. You know, before I actually got to know what my values are, I was feeling, you know, really understanding why I made some decisions that I had chosen and not really understanding why I need words of affirmation. And after going through the process of finding my values, I now feel fulfilled. I am understanding why I make my decisions and also very much understanding how and why I feel motivated to do certain things. So again, if you would like to do a value sort with me, I am doing a special offer right now. The first three people to message me values will get a free session of value sorting with me and two follow-up coaching sessions. Please DM me values on Instagram or my email and I look forward to connecting with you. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of My Naked Mindset. I'm your host, Janae Ledger. This is episode number 114. Thank you for being here and tuning in today. Happy freaking July. I hope everyone had a great Independence Day and yeah, had some fun. America, woo! Um, Yeah, happy July. Very exciting. I will be in my new apartment when this comes out, so that's very exciting. I have an amazing guest. I'm super excited for you guys to listen to this episode. She is um, a friend of mine who I met through our friend, our mutual friend, Jordan. And she's also in the sex coaching space. So let me introduce you. She is a sex therapist turned sex coach. She is the host of her podcast, Owning Your Sexual Self and the CEO of her online sex coaching business, Wellness Sexpertise. She works with women and men and also couples to help them discover their sexual desires, create intimacy, adventure, connections with themselves and their partner. Everyone, please welcome Rachel Main to the show. All right, everyone. I have Rachel here with me. Welcome to My Naked Mindset. Mm, Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited that you're here and just for like my listeners, me and Rachel met through our friend Jordan. Um, So we're in like her mastermind classes and it is just so nice to have you here. So I would love to start out by asking you, what are you most excited about that's coming up in your life? Ooh, uh, tomorrow is my husband and I's five-year wedding anniversary. So that Mm -hmm. is... That's exciting that I'm also going to the Taylor Swift concert on Saturday. So it's going to be an eventful weekend for me. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that so much. And happy early anniversary. That is amazing. Thank love you. it. And a June wedding. That is phenomenal. Love that mm-hmm. so much. 
super yeah. fun. And June 9th, which the date is 6-9, of course, being a sex coach. And, you know, you have to get married on 6-9 when June is your option. So it just happened to work out in 2018 that the 9th was on a Saturday and it was perfect. <laughs> now my husband Wait, will never have our wedding anniversary. <laughs> Wait, I actually love that 6-9. Yeah. That is so funny. That is so funny. Um, so yeah, tell me a little bit more about, I know you said in your intro or your bio rather that you were a sex therapist and you kind of switched over to sex coaching. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about, you know, your journey and kind of how you got into this space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whenever I get asked this, I'm like, do I get the long version or the short version? <laughs> it can, it, it's, you know, so I have a master's degree in social work. I'll start there. And when I was interning, I worked as a sexual assault survivor advocate. And so my work in, you know, anything related to sex really started off in a negative light. Um, and so for a while I had just like my blockers up around sex and I feel like I was like paranoid in certain situations and relationships and just hearing these terrible, awful stories of what women and, and men had gone through um, that that was very odd, but growing up, I was always the friend that people came to, to talk about sex. Um, in high school, when my best friend would host parties, I would turn porn on in the living room for everybody to watch. Just, I was purely just fascinated with sex and sexuality. (laughs) Um, and so it's funny, like thinking back, I feel like I was destined to do this. Like it like truly is my purpose. Um, so kind of fast forward that. So working, uh, you know, I did a few jobs after college and, in 2014, I started with a company called Pure Romance, which is a company that that educates and empowers women around sexual health and wellness. And when doing these parties, we do confidential private ordering. These women were coming into the shopping room and literally pouring their hearts out to me and asking me their deepest, darkest questions around sex and you know, asking me about erectile dysfunction and pain with sex. And I wanted to be able to offer them so much more than just a product. Um, Products, of course, can be great. I've been in the product side of, you know, of the sex world for quite some time, actually almost 10 years now, but a product can only get you so far. So in after doing that for a couple of years and going to their conferences and things, that's where I actually learned that sex therapy was even a thing. I, I had no idea this even exists and that you could do it for a job. So uh, I was working full-time at, at the VA as a researcher, nothing sex related at all, but I had this pure romance business on the side. So I was like getting my fix over there and really sort of building my confidence and realizing like, I, I miss this work and this is really lighting me up. So I went back to school. Uh, so I had my master's degree for a few years and then I went back to school and got my certificate in sex therapy and sexuality education. Um, and from there, networking and meeting with other sex counselors and sex therapists and sex educators. Uh, that's really where I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to quit this research job. That is really, I'm like, I was right at that point of burnout already. And so I could feel that shift happening. Like I could feel some, something else is coming. Uh, and so I quit my full-time job. Pure romance at that point was my full-time income starting in private practice. Very scary. My family was like, what are you doing? It was also five months before our wedding. Uh, so, but I just, I just believed so much myself. I was like, failure is not an option. Like I just feel this in my soul. This is where I'm meant to be. Um, and from there I did private practice sex therapy for three years. And then, uh, when COVID hit switching to teletherapy really made me realize I can reach people from all over the world. And in therapy, you're really limited to only working with people within your state. 
uh, and insurance can be quite a headache for many reasons. So I started creating programs uh, primarily for women and couples and then offering one-on-one coaching. And that's really where the transition happened for me from therapy to coaching. So I left private practice and then I've been on my own since then. Um, and then so funny, you know, I feel like it's like coming back full circle because just recently, actually last week, I have been, I got back into private practice, but it's such a different model that I'm working with now. Um, so I'm back to being able to service people in Michigan, but I still have the coaching on this, on the side too. So I have all of these different areas and ways that people can work with me now, um, and making it just more accessible for people. And so I can still do my coaching work within the private practice, um, and be able to build insurance again. And so that has been, yeah, that's like a very new, exciting transition for me, but still, still like holding the container of a coach and not sex therapist. Right. Oh, I love that. You you got the long version. (laughs) No, I love it. And I think it's, it's so like inspiring too, because it's, I can, I know you're passionate about it. Like this is your shit. Like, you know, it like the back of your hand. I, I feel like when someone is so passionate about what they do, it just, you can feel it. People can feel it. They notice it. And I'm sure like all your clients are just like, holy shit, like this girl knows her stuff. And like, they come to you because they know that they, they feel comfortable with you. And I, you know, I've definitely come to you for certain things. And I'm like, yeah, Rachel knows, like, she's just like that type of person that, you know, makes you feel comfortable. And obviously with a therapist, with a sex coach, any coaches, you want to feel that. So I think that's amazing. Um, Now, now when you, when you kind of did the transition from therapist to sex coach, was there, was there like a big, a big change in your life or was, was it kind of just like a gradual change? Like, I know you said like the, you can reach more people, but was there anything else in your life that was like, wow, like this is super different between the two? Yeah. Um, one of the biggest transitions. So I, right around the time of starting private practice, three months after that is when I launched my podcast. And so mm-hmm. my podcast really started with a lot of sex education in the beginning, but right around that time when I decided to transition out of therapy, I was feeling this pull to really like share more personal stories on, on the podcast and started bringing my husband on and and really sharing openly about our sex life. Um, I started my own sort of coaching and, um, like sexual empowerment journey as well in such a different way, more of like a spiritual way. Um, and so a lot, yeah, there was like a lot of things that were happening. And so it just at that time made sense for me to get out of more of like that clinical type of setting. And even still like with kind of slightly like dipping my toe back in there, um, it still to me feels authentic. It's still, I'm, I'm literally doing exactly what I'm doing. Just instead, I'm going to submit to your insurance instead of not submitting to your insurance, you know, um, And so, and the way I've marketed myself now, that was a big switch to, you know, when you're in therapy, you're getting clients fed to you a lot of the times, though, oftentimes though, they weren't the fully aligned clients. And so now as a coach, like I have worked very, very hard over the last few years to make sure that I'm marketing, I'm being genuine, authentic to myself to make sure that I'm attracting the right people into my space. And that when I'm getting on a call with somebody that I feel like lit the fuck up, like I'm excited to be there. I'm not like, oh, you know, like I I have to go meet with a client that like no one, you don't become an entrepreneur to have a mindset like that. Like you want to be in love with the work that you're doing. 
So yeah, I would say those were, those were some major shifts, like just getting more personal and just really figuring out who I am and who the people were that I wanted to work with. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it must be nice to really be able to kind of make sure you're aligned with the person, make sure that, you know, it makes sense for you. So I think mm-hmm. that's the flexibility sounds really, really awesome. Um, so we're going to, for the listeners, we're going to be talking about increasing your intimacy desires, sexing up your space. Mm-hmm. I'm so pumped up about this because I've definitely heard, you know, you talk about it before. And so I'm really excited for our listeners to kind of learn some more about this. So let's kind of break it down. And like, what does um, increasing your intimacy really mean? Mm-hmm. So I think if I were to break it down, I would say it has a lot to do first with, as you said, Janae, like setting up your space. What does your environment look like? Do you have sexy in your life? You know, our friend Jordan that you mentioned, she's a great example of this. She has pleasure and happiness. Like she leads every single day with that. That's one of the things that I admire so much about her. Um, And then I think another thing, you know, with primarily working with women, desire is the number one thing that women come to me for in the coaching space. And even when I was in the therapy space, and generally it was that lack of desire, lack of libido, lack of sex drive, however you want to categorize it as. So I think in being able to increase your intimacy, there comes this education piece around it too, of, you know, there's a difference between your physical and your emotional connection. And there's a difference between spontaneous and responsive desire. So when you have a better understanding of that and you as a woman or as a person just feel normal, like, oh, there's not anything wrong with me. I think that can help tremendously to help increase your intimacy because it helps you get out of your head as if you need, you you should be some other way, you know? And then I have many tips for you at the end of like how to increase the desire things around, um, you know, positive affirmations, erotica, self-pleasure, how important that is. So that would be, that would be in a nutshell, but increasing intimacy in your life is not just about sex. It's not just about P and V penetrative sex, um, oral sex, however, you know, whatever your definition of sex is, intimacy can be sitting down and having a deep, vulnerable conversation with your partner. Um, My husband and I actually just yesterday reported, you know, five lessons after five years of marriage. And that was one of the things on there is like vulnerability to us is so intimate and so connective. And those are the times where generally after those deep, deep conversations, while sex might not happen, like immediately after that night, the next day, the next morning, we're waking up just like, like I can't keep my hands off of him. Like, and you know, and no matter where I'm at in my menstrual cycle either, which is what I love. And so seeing him like bringing down those walls and just feeling him on a different level, um, has, yeah, has been amazing. And intimacy can also be just the quality time that you're spending together. You know, one of the things we like to do, take, take baths together. We like to go for walks with each other, doing some stuff that like our inner children would love. So playing catch out front yard, like shooting hoops together, um, going on bike rides together, like things that we love to do at kids. We do now, you know, as, as an adult couple. And so that's, that's what I mean when I'm saying increasing intimacy, like the things that you can do in your relationship to make you feel more connected to yourself, even if you're, you know, if you're not in a partnership, but if you are in a partnership, more connected to your, to your person. Oh my gosh. I love this so much. And I think it's, it really is so important when you, when you mention the environment. So I would love to kind of get into that a little bit, because some people might think like, oh, well, what does that actually mean? Because I know for me, if 
I'm wanting to have sex with my fiance. I'm like getting in the mood and like there's a pile of clothes on the floor. That ain't what I want, right? I want it to be sexy. I want to feel myself. So maybe you can describe maybe a few little tidbits of how someone could maybe spice up their room or their bedroom or their living room or wherever they are having sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so definitely start with with people that are listening where, like you mentioned, the clothes on the floor, start to notice when when you are having times of intimacy right now, what are the things around your room that you are noticing? So is it the clothes? Is it the leaky faucet? Is it the dogs scratching at the door? That's the big one for me. Um, if you have kids, like, is it knowing where your kids are? Are they awake? Are they asleep? Are they napping? What are they doing? So start noticing those things and then being able to communicate them with your partner so that they understand like these are known as blockers. These are things that are literally turning off my sex drive and turning off my sex switch that lives in my brain. So if you're trying to initiate sexy time with me, it would be really helpful if you already knew these things ahead of time and you knew to like, even if you just have to like shove the clothes in a closet and close the closet out of sight, out of mind, right? Right. (laughs) shove them under the bed. Um, or, you know, maybe you, you, you give the dog a peanut butter bone and you know, they're going to be occupied for the next half hour, you know, what, whatever it is. So noticing those things. And then when it comes to your space, look at your current space. Generally, it's probably your bedroom where you're having sex. Um, and notice around there thinking about the five senses. So what can you do that is quick and easy to to really like add up and add some add some sexiness to your space. So first thing I would recommend is the music. If you can get you a little Bluetooth speaker, or you probably already have something like this, probably maybe even your alarm clock is a Bluetooth capability on it, but creating a playlist on Spotify, Pandora, whatever you use that really helps you feel into your sexiness. I love uh, tantric sex playlists on Spotify. There, I mean, there's a ton to choose from. Um, Sensual Lo-Fi is another one of our go-tos. We have customized a sex playlist together, kind of when we're out and about listening to songs. We're like, ooh, add that, add that to the list, you know? Um, so that's that's been really good. But music is music is one of the easiest ways. Like think when you walk into a business and you hear music or you hear a good song on the radio, like it instantly can change your mood. Um, so same thing, right. When it comes to your space, the second one would be this, your smell and your smell is actually your strongest scent. Um, you know, if, if I say lunchroom cafeteria, uh, you immediately probably a smell comes into your, <laughs> comes into your brain, right? So it's like, so, so powerful. <laughs> so thinking for you, what are smells that are really sensual and, you know, a turn on for you? Uh, generally, for a lot of people, actually, I should say it's like the mahogany teak wood candle from Bath and Body Works. It's like sexy man smell. Um, but if you if you like more like softer tones, you know, or even essential oils or incense, a lang ylang is good. Rose is good. Lavender is good. Um, what else? Like cedar wood would be another good one for sensuality. So having, again, having like setting, these are easy things. It can be as easy as lighting a candle, lighting an incense, anything like that, turning on some music. Uh, the other thing I would say, other big one is sight. Um, so one of the things that has been a huge, huge game changer for us is replacing our light bulbs with color changing light bulbs. So Mm -hmm. with the click of a button, I can change my 
regular bedroom to like a it, to a red light, which red it it helps calm down your brain. It actually helps your brain produce more melatonin. Um, so it puts you more in like a receptive sensual state. Um, so I know all of the things that I've learned over the years, it, it's mind blowing. I'm like, who would have thought like, just change, like change a light bulb. It, the light bulbs are $3 on Amazon. You know, it's like, and it comes with a little fancy remote. You can be tricky and just like click it. And he's gonna be like, Oh my God, how, how did you do that? You know? Um, but that, yeah, that has just set the vibe so, so much. Um, and then, you know, thinking through the last two would be like touch and taste, um, what textures do you have? Like fuzzy blankets, velvety soft textures, silk textures. If you're using a blindfold, you know, things like that, that, that can, that can help with your, with your site as well. Um, but just things that feel good on your skin, things that bring you pleasure. Uh, and then taste, if you, if you want to be fun, you want to bring some fun, uh, foods in the bedrooms. Um, mm. you know, berries are really good. Dark chocolate is really good easy cleanup for those ones too. You can, you can get sticky if you want with like whipped cream and syrup and caramel and things like that. Avoid, (laughs) you know, of course, let me plug that in there. But um, yeah, that's the, just making those small changes that Mm. can, it just can help so, 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 so much. Um, So last tip on this is like, these are known as proverbials. And if you think of like, if you're a Harry Potter fan, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. Um, when they, when they touch the, you know, the goblet in in the goblet of fire, when they touch the wand thing, um, or the trophy thing, I can't even think of what it is now. Here I am saying I'm a Harry Potter fan. I can't even think of it, but anyways, they touch the thing and it like morphs them to another area. If you can think in your house, what can you notate? You and your partner would both know this thing that, you know, when this candle is lit, that is like, that takes you into sexy time. If the light in the bedroom is turned on red, like that's your indication. So this also helps with couples too, with the initiation piece of things. You know, it's not just like, Hey, do you want to go do it? It's like, no, I see that red light on. He's just getting out of the shower. I see the red light come on. I'm like, Oh, okay. Like, let me (laughs) me prepare myself and I'm going to meet him in there. I love that because I think a lot of people, you know, struggle with that. I'm sure you've heard from your clients. I know some of my girlfriends have shared with me, you know, I don't really like initiating. Mm -hmm. And so that can be a really good way to kind of like ease into it and just be like, okay, well, I'm going to do this one thing. And then like, you know, he's right. Like you said, he's going to come out of the shower or come in the bedroom and just be like, oh, wow. Okay, let's go. (laughs) Like, I think it can be super fun when you were mentioning the light thing. Oh, it's so funny you mentioned this because the episode that will come out two weeks before this one, it was like my birthday two-year episode, which Mm -hmm. I definitely asked you for tips about like the two, 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 like the two things you should ask yourself and the two things you should ask yourself in the bedroom and blah, blah, blah. So in that I wrote, or I said LED lights because, Mm -hmm. and I did it my headboard, like this was probably like six, seven months ago I did this. And it is such a fucking vibe. Mm-hmm. It is such a vibe. And I think it's so fun because you can also put those lights on or put candle on or whatever. And you can just be like, hey, partner, like come in the bedroom. And then like, you can just mm-hmm. have a fun time and you already are setting the mood and you're yeah. setting the tone. So it can it can be a really good way to ease into initiating if you're kind of a little bit hesitant to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for um, sure. So how can couples like, maintain a healthy balance between emotional and physical intimacy. Mm-hmm. 
So I feel like, you know, first understanding the difference, some in every relationship, one person is likely going to be more into the physical intimacy and the other person is likely going to be more into the emotional intimacy. So understanding that both need to be present in the relationship. So generally it's the man that has the physical intimacy. And then generally it's the woman that feels the emotional intimacy. And so what this means is that the the person that that is more in tune with the physical intimacy they feel intimate they feel connected when that physical piece is happening versus the other person that's more emotional they need like i was mentioning the deep intimate conversation they need the soft touch they need the hand holding they need those sorts of things maybe the kissing beforehand like they need that emotional stuff to feel good the positive affirmations even can be a piece of this so to realize that the the two need to really be present unless you've got two physical people and two emotional people, you know, but generally it's not like that. And, and I think most people here's, and some people aren't going to like that. I say this, but with the physical people, sometimes I think that where they lack is that they're trying to get from point A to point B as quick as possible. And when I say point B, I'm talking orgasm or like penis and vagina right? Like this, and there's so much more that can happen in the in-between. There's so much beautiful, magic, connective, deep grounding stuff that can happen um, before, before you're even touching each other, before even kissing each other, you know? Um, so when you say the the balance, I think balance is such a, such a difficult word to, to mm-hmm. have. You, know, you, you feel in relationships, it's going to be, you know, kind of this give and take. But generally, I think if you're, if you're listening to this episode today and you're taking notes, what we just went over this setting up your space, that is a perfect example of emotional intimacy, because if you're doing these things, what that's saying to your partner is that you mean enough to me. I love you enough that I'm going to put this intention into doing these things because I know that it's going to help turn you on. And if you're turned on the sex that we're going to be having is going to be a hell of a lot better versus you just laying there and you're in the head your whole time thinking like, okay, has he, is he done yet? Has he, did you finish yet? 100%. (sighs) I I just, it makes me so sad. You know, we hear this so often. I'm sure you do too. And the people that you work with, it's like, Ah, uh, yeah, it's it sucks, and no one no one wants that type of sex. No one ma- maintenance sex is good. Maintenance sex is good to a point, you know, to be able to check that box and and get off. But I, in general, what I find that's not actually what people are craving. It it is that deep connected sex that they're wanting. Yeah, and I can relate so much to when you said like getting to point A to point B and like just orgasming because I find that you know just from what I've been hearing and and sometimes even we have quick sex and it's like. We can truly slow everything down, right? Slow down like the anticipation, right? And, you know, maybe that you have a nice makeout session and then you're like slowly touching each other's bodies, like slowing down the whole process because then you're already heightened, you're already ready to go, right? You're wet or you're hard or whatever the case may be. And you can really just have so much more fun because you're so into every single part of it, not just like, oh my gosh, I have to rush and have sex and orgasm and blah, blah. And then it's like, was that even fun? Like, was that even enjoyable? Like it can be so like, just so monotonous and like, just so blah. And it's like, when you do slow things down, I think it can really benefit, you know, both parties involved in the sexual experience. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And and I think too, to add to this, attunement is so important, you know, being attuned to your partner and being able to pick up their cues, whether that's verbal or nonverbal. So, you know, if you need to leave the house in five minutes, you know, that's probably not a good time to initiate sex. Or mm-hmm. if she, if she's in a task or if he's in a task, even, you know, if, if she's doing something, then that's probably not a good time to initiate. You know, generally women are, we're, we're focused on the thing. We're focused on, we have the plan um, is what I find. Whereas, you know, a man could be in the middle of mowing the lawn and you're like, Hey, come in, come inside. I'm ready. You know, and he would stop mowing the lawn right then and there and drop what he's doing. Um, but the women's, women's brain is just so, so different. We are wired so differently than, than the male brain. And that's just, that is just science. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. That's just the way it is. Yeah. That's actually, you just segued perfectly into spontaneous sexual desire versus responsive sexual desire. So I would love if you could maybe speak on that a little bit and kind of break down what those mean. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are really the two main types of desire for whatever gender. Um, Generally, 80% of women will fall into the responsive or reactive uh, type of desire, whereas 80% of men will fall into the spontaneous desire. So what that spontaneous desire means is literally you're just walking about life and it's like a lightning bolt comes and, and shoots you and you're like, boom, I'm turned on, you know, and that could be subconsciously, it could be consciously, maybe you see, you know, somebody kissing or fucking on TV and you're like, well, now I'm turned on, right? That actually, that would be more of an example of reactive, but it it can just happen out of nowhere for these spontaneous people. And again, with 80% of men being more in the spontaneous desire category, that's, that's where the notion and what a lot of women say about men is like, the only thing he thinks about is sex kind of true. (laughs) If he's spontaneous desire 80% of the time, like sex is generally on their minds for a lot of the time. And as I was saying, how the male brain is wired, they can compartmentalize so much better than women can. So they have their one track minded, whereas the woman's brain, female brain is very much like we're thinking about multiple things at one, one time. Um, And that can be a fucking frustrating when you're trying to pay attention to what is happening in front of you during sex or intimacy. Um, So the reactive desire, if you, and generally like when I say those two examples of of what each are, and even in just in their definitions of themselves or their names themselves, you know, right off the bat, are you, if you're spontaneous or, or responsive. So if you're responsive or if you have a partner that is responsive, knowing and understanding that they need like A, B, and C to happen before D <laughs> happens, literally D. I did That was not a pun intended, but that worked out so well. Um, <laughs> they need A, B, and C to happen before the D happens. Um, man, I'm gonna, I need to put that on a t-shirt or something. That was good. Uh, but really they, good. <laughs> Thank they need those things to happen. They need, they need the kissing. They need the touching. They need the, the sensual touch. They need to hear and be told that they're beautiful and that they look good and that you love the way that their tits look right now. And, you know, all of these things, they, they need these things, these reactive things to feel the turn on and to feel desire. And to what we were saying earlier, the setting up the space, it's like, we have, we have this list of things that are the turn ons. And then we also have these lists of things that are the turn offs. So to be able to make sure all of the turnoff boxes are out of the way and then 
work on, you know, switching on these turn on boxes, that's, that is going to be the most helpful. And when I have this conversation with people, sometimes they're like, my gosh, like I have to go through all, all of these things, right. I need to do all of these things to be able to get her to want to have sex with me is generally what I hear. Mm -hmm. But if you can shift your mindset and again, get out of that, that, that concept of, of the quickie sex and the point A to point B as quick as possible type of sex, maintenance sex, and realize like how much more connected and how much more fun you can have when you start to include the things that your responsive partner is wanting. Um, and again, going back to what I said earlier, it's way more fun to have sex with somebody when they're wanting to be having sex with you and they're right. turned on and she's feeling in her feminine or she's dropped into that subspace. If you're playing with DS dynamics, you know, so it's, yeah, you know, no one wants to fuck a starfish, you know, someone that's just laying there like, okay, I'm here, you know, present. So true. And, and I think what you were saying about like, getting getting turned on and getting ready and like kind of communicating that like hey babe like you were saying earlier about the the um environment like hey maybe if we just like pick up a little bit before we have sex just to kind of put me in the mood and Mm -hmm. and I also I know another topic is um scheduling sex and like Mm -hmm. really being able to have time set aside because I know a lot of people struggle with just getting there right like having the time and and being in the mood and oh my gosh I could do I could be doing so many other different things and then like our minds go crazy um so before I before we go into a little bit of schedule sex I know that's something that you love talking about and I also am very interested in speaking about that um what would you say are like a lot of common roadblocks you see from couples that are preventing them from experiencing like intimacy mm-hmm. or maybe mismatched libidos. Um, what's like, what's some common themes that you're kind of seeing with your clients? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, first one would be s- scheduling wise, like mis- mismatched schedule, or maybe they're kind of missing each other based on the shifts that they work with. So they have limited time to work with. Um, I would say that was a, that is a big one. Tiredness is a huge one that comes up. Um, here's another thing where I think a lot of people make a mistake when it comes to being intimate with each other is that we wait until the end of the day. We wait until bedtime to be intimate with each other and your, your body is in shutdown. That is the least ideal time to have sex. Or if they're going out for a date night, they plan to have sex when they get home, but you just ate this big meal and put all this time into getting ready and presenting yourself and like, holding conversation for two hours, you know, like I've just been turned on this whole time, not turned on sexually, but like for an introvert, Mm -hmm. I've been turned on this whole time. I put all this time. Now you want me to have sex with you. It's like, no, have sex before the date night and then go out and enjoy your night, you know, together feeling more connected than you did when you left the house, not having sex. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the last one I would say would be kids. Um, and this one is a little bit of a, touchier subject for me. We've chosen to not have kids. Uh, so I oftentimes feel, I just want to say, I'm not trying to give parenting advice, but what I find with a lot of people, couples that have kids is that they have, they have prioritized the kid or kids above everything. And a lot of people get pissed when I say, I think that kids should be number two. I think that you, well, really number three, I think you should be number one pouring Mm. into yourself first like what do you need to be 
a solid, happy human um, and what feels good to you. And then number two should be your partner. And then number three, your kids. Um, And we don't have to get too much into that, but that, you know, kids is definitely, definitely a big, big, big blocker for, for so many people. No, and I think that's really good to know because I mean, it makes like, I, I have so many girlfriends that have kids and also I know, you know, but I, you know, we're choosing to not have children either. So I know it is kind of a, it's, it's a, it's a touchy subject, I'm sure for some people, but I think that makes sense because like you were saying, if you are not happy, if you're not content with yourself, you're probably not going to be content in your marriage because you're not giving yourself, you're, you're not happy within yourself. So then there's one thing and then, yeah, you're maybe trying to be a good parent, but that also can be a struggle. I'm sure if you're not fully happy, content, um, you know, feeling yourself and feeling like yourself, because I think that's, that's some, that is something that a lot of people struggle with and they don't realize it because their life is just so crazy. They're go, go, go. And then they're like, oh shit. Like, that's why I always talk about like having like check-ins with yourself, having mm-hmm. a journal, having that space to be able to be like, okay, what do I need right now? Like, what, what do I need, you know, in the house? So what do I need my partner to help me out with? What do I need? Like therapy, whatever the case may be. I think it's so, so important to really put yourself first. So I, I, I'm with you 100% on that. Um, so, okay. So let's go back to the, um, scheduling sex. Can you, can you just tell us a little bit about like, how we can make that sexy and for someone who's like what is that like why would I want to do that and like yeah just how to like how to make it fun I guess is my question definitely um so so many so many things on schedule I'm such a proponent of this um when you schedule sex you are you are making it a priority in your life and for so many people, it's like, if it's not on the calendar, if it's not scheduled, it's it's probably not going to happen, right? If it's not on my to-do list, it's not going to happen. It's going to keep getting pushed and pushed and pushed. So scheduling sex shows yourself and shows your partner that you are making this a priority. And also it's getting you both on the same page. So you're not thinking, okay, I'm, I'm going to wait for him to initiate. I'm going to wait for her to initiate. And then maybe you think it's going to happen tonight. And then, oh no, now we've been sitting on the couch for three hours looking at our phones with the tv on right and like okay now it's time to go to bed now i'm too tired to have sex it's like when you when you prioritize your time and you can see like i said with the couples that have like the mismatched schedules when you can see your full week spread and see where do you have pockets of time because it doesn't need to be you know maintenance sex is still good can be still good sex i'm not you know shaming the maintenance sex i'm just saying to make sure that you're including the deep connective intimate sex too um so when you can see, okay, we have, you know, when Wednesdays, I go into work a little bit later, um, you know, just an example. So maybe Wednesday mornings, we can plan to have some morning sex, or maybe we can shower together that morning to get our day started. Um, this, we used to do showers together every Monday morning when my husband was, was working his full-time job, um, just to kind of start the week off on a good note. We weren't having sex. We were just, just showering together and just having that intimate time together. Sometimes we'd have sex, but personally, I hate shower sex. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so scheduling that prioritizing it. And then when you have something on the schedule, like I just, I've been talking a lot about King and queen worship, which again, it doesn't have to be something extravagant like that. But, um, when my husband, we're sitting out, you know, on the couch or he texts me throughout the day and he's like, Hey, you know, what, what's your week look like? Or, you know, we're doing our, 
Sunday night meeting or whatever. And I get a text on Tuesday that says, Hey, Thursday night, I want you to meet me. We have a sex room Thursday night. I want you to meet me in the sex room. And I, you know, I want you to meet me on, be on the massage table undressed and, you know, right, whatever, whatever he says, <laughs> like just be on the massage table at five thirty Thursday night. You know, like I'm now, and it's Tuesday. This is forty eight hours from now. Like I'm one. When once you receive that, me- once I receive that message, it's like immediately I feel that surge, and I'm like, ooh, you know, it's like that's turn on, like that's ex- that's exciting. Um, and so this, and you know, when you think of the concept of foreplay, foreplay is the buildup of the anticipation. So for 48 hours now, I'm reminded that I have this thing coming up on Thursday night. Like I'm meeting him in our sex room, in our intention room, um, on a massage table. And massage is one of my favorite things to, to receive. So, you know, that gives you scheduling sex, gives you something to look forward to. Same thing. It's just like when you plan a date night with each other, you know, when you plan like, Hey, Saturday night, let's go out to get dinner. Why does sex have to be any other, any different than that? And where I think people mess up with this is that they, they have it in their mind, like, Oh, we've become the couple that has to schedule sex. And if you can shift your mindset and, and say, we've become the couple that prioritizes sex, because it's that important to us that we want to make it a priority in our life above kids, <laughs> above work, above whatever else. Because at the end of the day, you know, when you're on your deathbed, you're not fucking thinking about how great you did at work. You know, what awards you received at work or how much money you made even through your life. Like you were thinking of memories that you had with your person and you were thinking about intimate experiences that you had with people, whether they're sexual or not. That's what you're remembering at the end of the day. Boom, mic drop. That <laughs> you freaking nailed that. I mean, it's so true because I I think that also like at the end of the day, I always think about this: if the world just like disappeared and you were the only person, mm-hmm. you're the only person, right? Like you need to do what is best for you and what makes you happy. And say if it's just you and your partner, again, that's the only person. Like that is your person, and you need to make sure that like you are putting that above everything. And like, also like the prioritizing, I like when you said, um, like not waiting for each other to initiate, because mm-hmm. I'll, I won't, I'll be completely honest with you. Me and my fiance, I feel like do that all the time. Like he'll be waiting for me. And then like, I'm like, oh, isn't he going to do it? And I'm like, Janae, mm-hmm. why don't you just fucking do it? But yeah. like, it's like that little thing. And I also love when you said, do it before the date, because you are mm-hmm. so right. I can't tell you how many times me my girlfriends I mean they've told me these stories about like oh my god we just had the biggest dinner and now I want to he wants to go fuck me like hell no Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna do that so it's like and then it's kind of fun too because you have sex and then you like get ready for your date and then you can kind of just like feel like the Mm -hmm. high of like the orgasm and just like feeling so good during Mm -hmm. your date right and kind of like getting out and then you can like stuff your face because I mean what's a date without some good ass food yeah, reward reward yourself with the food, not reward yourself with the sex. And yeah, when we have mm-hmm. orgasm, right, like all of our happy hormones are are launched in our brain. And mm-hmm. here's the other important part of this. So many people, when we go out on a date, both people have in their head, right? I'm gonna get I'm we're gonna have sex after this. I'm gonna get laid after this, or he's gonna want to have sex after this. Uh mm-hmm. is generally how it goes, right? So then you're you're are you really enjoying your time together or is this pressure in the back of your head? Like, fuck, like now what's going to happen when we get home or, 
am I going to, am I going to say, oh, I actually have a headache or, oh, I'm too full or I'm too tired, right? Like what excuse are you thinking of on that drive home of why you're not going to have sex when you get home? And, th- and this is not, I'm not trying to call anybody out. Like, this is the reality. This is, this is the mind of, of women. And then the men are getting frustrated of, you know, she never wants to have sex with me. I take her out to dinner. I take her out for a date night. She still doesn't want to have sex with me. It's like, again, yes, we appreciate the date night, but just do it the other way. Like, yeah, have the sex before and then go enjoy your date night. Yeah. I love that so much. Let's talk about a little bit about, you know, sexual desires and how couples can like maybe navigate. Let's talk Mm -hmm. about self-intimacy just a little bit. Let's just Mm -hmm. touch on it a little bit and then we'll get into our game. Um, Why it's important to have that within ourselves, and also obviously that would bring us in bring it into our partnership so let's talk about what that is and maybe some details about it if you got some yeah for sure and this really falls into I wanted to give give some tips around like how do you increase your intimacy how do you increase desire if you are someone that falls into a lower desire category and self-pleasure self-intimacy is definitely uh, you know very top on the list Because when you as a woman are engaging in your own self-pleasure, and I say as a woman, because generally it's the women that I hear that have the struggle or the challenge around self-pleasure, you know, men, they'll masturbate, no problem, you know, no, no guilt, no shame attached for the most part. Whereas the women that's, you know, we generally have the shame and guilt around that. So, you know, when you are able to embrace this part of you and, you know, there's so many beautiful things about this. First is that you're learning your body, you're learning your own sexual anatomy, you're learning your own turn-ons, your pleasure points. So when you are then having intimacy with somebody else, you can you can use your voice, you can guide them. You can say, you know, oh, I really, I really love this type of pressure. I really love this stimulation. Um, I would really love it if you use my vibrator on me tonight. Um, or I would really love it if you watched me use my vibrator on me tonight. You know, you know, these can be very, very hot things for couples to experience. Um, But yeah, again, so learning your own body. And when we talked about earlier, when you're feeling on yourself, when you're getting yourself to orgasm, again, those hormones are being released in your brain, the serotonin, Mm -hmm. the endorphins, all that, like all of our happy hormones, oxytocin. And so when, when you're experiencing more of that, your body is going to start craving more of that. Um, which is good, right? So that's where you can sort of, if you're, if you think of the spontaneous desire over here on the scale and reactive desire over here, maybe you can slow, you can start to move the scale a little bit this way or, or this way rather, you know? And so maybe you're start to experience turn on more frequently than you were if you weren't self-pleasuring or being intimate with yourself. Um, and for women, I think this is so, so important because it's a way for us to feel into our femininity. It's a way for us to just be in our feminine flow and not to be so much into our masculine selves and just, you know, feel the, feel how pleasurable and how good it feels just to touch your arm even, or like trace your fingers along your arm and, and you scratch your arm or maybe like squeeze your arm a little bit like this. Like, does that feel good? Um, and so, yeah, just taking that time to love on yourself is, is so important. Um, and then same thing with, you know, speaking positive affirmations to yourself, the way we talk to ourselves is, is so, so, so important. And the, what we think about ourselves, 
you know, so looking at yourself in the mirror and saying you are beautiful, looking at your stomach, if that's a quote unquote problem area for you and say, you are beautiful. I appreciate you. I love you. Um, you know, uh, you are sexy, you are sensual, you are confident, what, whatever it is that you want to say. Um, but I think that that is super, super important. Um, and then two other things, well, I kind of touched on the one, but movement and embodiment is a big one. So just turning on some good central music, again, that central lo-fi, I, I really dig that playlist, but just dancing around, moving around, just like one of those flowy things that you see outside of like a car sales place, you know, like I just think of that, like channel that energy and just move around in your room or in your kitchen or wherever where you're not going to hit your body on anything. Um, and just move your body and, and realize and see how good that feels just to move around with no purpose or no one's watching or anything like that. Uh, and then the last one for increasing desire would be reading or listening to erotica. Uh, this is one that I think skipped over a lot, but you know, when 50 shades of gray came out years ago, that was such a hype for people. And I always joke, I'm like, it's not about the butt plugs and the Benoit balls and the whips and all that. That's not what it's about. It was about him being in his masculine leadership. That's what the turn on was for women, whether, you know, they know it or not, but that's really what it was. So but listening to those things, listening to things and having, adding more sexual, sensual things into your day-to-day, um, erotica podcasts. I love, um, Balesa.co has an erotica podcast. Lala's Bedtime Tales has a good sex podcast. So those are the two that I would recommend, but yeah, just like just having a little sexy throughout your day can help with, help with your turn on and help with setting you in the mood for sure. Yeah. I love that so much. And erotica, yeah, is something that I definitely enjoy every once in a while. I also really like erotic books. Mm -hmm. I mean, every single time Colleen Hoover has a sex, actually, I'll tell a story. She, I can't remember. I think it was the Maybe Now series, Maybe Someday, those, that Mm -hmm. series. It was a chapter in there and it was so fucking hot. Like they, Mm -hmm. the anticipation, just like reading it. I don't know what it is, but it set off something. And I literally was like, I need to put this down and masturbate right now. So yeah, I fucking yeah. did it. Anyways, <laughs> honestly, it was so hot. I was like, wow, this is like a this is like a whole nother thing that I've never experienced. And I was like, I like this. Like, it was so fun. So fun. Yeah. So try something new, guys. Like, if yes. you haven't listened to erotic audio or maybe you're going to read a sexy book or maybe just listen to porn I mean this is kind of like erotic audio but just listen to porn like video and not even watch the video right like that's also another way to kind of spice it up um but yeah I love it so much Mm -hmm. um any any last thoughts before we get into our game I don't think so I think that just knowing wherever you're at right now in your intimacy and your sex life like just know that there are always things that you can do to change it if you're not happy with where it's at it does not mean it's it's end game for you. It does not mean it has to stay with that that way. But if if nothing changes, nothing changes. So reaching out to people like Janae and I for sex coaching and, and working with people that are masters of this industry and that are, again, like I said, like lit up getting on a call with you and, and want to really help you move through this and and create the sex life of your dreams and the sex life that you crave. Um that's you know there are people there and there are resources out there that can help you do that beautiful 
Uh, all right. So this game is just called this or that. And I did throw in some sexy ones for you because I mean, why not? Okay. Okay. So the first one is, are you an early riser or night owl? Early riser for sure. <laughs> Pizza or pasta? Pasta. Spaghetti is my favorite food. Love, love that. Would you rather have the ability to talk to animals or the ability to control weather? Ooh, talk to animals. Love yeah. If you could only have oral sex only for the rest of your life or sex toys only for the rest of your life, which one would you choose? Sex toys. Sex toys, love. <laughs> um, would you rather accidentally send a nude to one of your family members or your ex? My ex. You're <laughs> <laughs> like, this is like a missing idiot. <laughs> right? Sorry, wrong number. Um, would you rather this one might be tough never self-pleasure again or never have sex again oh man I know oh man that's hard uh, I'm gonna say oh I'm gonna say never have sex again because like what if I live longer like and you know mm -hmm. that sounds so morbid but that's that's where my mind went <laughs> No, that's totally fair. Um, would you rather travel somewhere new or travel somewhere familiar? Mm, travel somewhere new. No. Live without all technology or live without TV, movies, and books? Oh, my God. Live <laughs> without TV, music, and books. Fair. Would you rather create a new holiday or create a new day of the week? Mm. Probably a new day of the week because I'm not, it's like, I don't know, it's just like getting more time for things. Yeah, totally. Uh, would you rather have a new shirt in your closet every day or a new pair of shoes in your closet once a week? A new shirt. But my husband would be very angry that I used all the hangers. <laughs> if I'm getting a new shirt every day. <laughs> I know, right? You'd have to have a lot, a lot. Yeah. Uh, would you rather live in the Playboy Mansion or live in a sex club? Playboy Mansion. Playboy Mansion. Ocean or a swimming pool? Ocean. Ocean. Oh. Would you rather wear ball gowns every single day for the rest of your life or wear swimwear every single day for the rest of your life? Swimwear, because I love a bodysuit. <laughs> yes, yes, love that. Um, have sex outdoors or have sex with like people around like that you might like get walked in on? Oh, uh, I mean, honestly, both, uh, but probably because <laughs> I feel... <laughs> Both because if I'm having sex outside, there's the concept, the idea or the thought of getting caught. And I'm, yeah, exhibitionism is is big on my kink list for sure. So hot. I love yeah. that so much. <laughs> um, would you rather have an orgy with all of your exes or an orgy with all strangers? Mm. Ooh. <laughs> Do I get to pick the strangers? Sure. Yeah. Okay, so 
That's totally fair. Um, and then the last one is sunrise or sunset. Mm, man, that's hard. Uh, ooh, that's hard. Uh, I'll go with sunset. Sunset. Love yeah. It. Those are well, so fun. Uh, good. I'm glad you liked it. I love doing those, especially when it's like I can do dirty ones. I'm like, ooh, what yeah. are you going to choose? I love it. Yeah. Um, well, this was literally such a blast. Thank you so much for being here. Please let everyone know where they can connect with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Instagram is my favorite place to hang out. Um, you can find me there at the underscore Rachel underscore Maine. Maine is spelled just like the state, M-A-I-N-E. Um, and you can also listen to my podcast if you like to listen to podcasts. It's Owning Your Sexual Self on all the music platforms, plus on YouTube and I'm on TikTok, Facebook, all the all the places. Just Rachel Maine, you can find me. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. It was such a pleasure having you on today. Yes. Thank you, Janae. This was so fun. Everyone go connect with Rachel. Thank you again to Rachel so much for giving us all the goods, all the deets of all things, intimacy and desire. It was so much fun learning more about this topic. And you know where to find me at My Naked Mindset on all of your social media Please like, follow, subscribe, leave a review. I would so appreciate that. And that really helps, you know, other people find the podcast. So I always appreciate that. And tune in next week for another episode of My Naked Mindset. Thank you so much for being here. I love you all. Bye.